Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. I am your host, Matt Jones, today. Joining me, too loud to be sure, are extremely pleased after two wins on the road in a row. Uh, we'll get into that shortly, uh, but very quickly, before we start today, uh, we've got a competition winner confirmed. I believe this the last few weeks, we've been asking for your comments on YouTube. And one of you is, is going to win a shirt. One of you has won an Everton shirt. The YouTube winner is at Emma EFC. And we'll be reaching out to you soon, Emma. Uh, you've won an Everton shirt. So congratulations on that. Uh, Gav Buckland is here. Gav, if you could go back and win any Everton shirt from history, <laughs> which one would you pick? Funny, I had one, and that was in 1971. Um, you only have, so, you only have but, had one Everton shirt in your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. When, 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 when I went to Rotterdam, I had to bottom me, me mate's uh, mate shirt. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it would be have to be the 85 one, wasn't it? Uh, I would think that would be uh, that would be the, the the one for me personally. But we've had some. I'm not I'm not a great kit fan, but we've had some decent. Uh, De- de- decent kits and tops. And I'd, I'd going off on a complete tangent. That was a good thing about Wednesday, wasn't it? All blue. Always look great and more blue. Absolutely. Uh, same question, yeah. question to you, Chris, as well. Have you got a shirt you'd, yeah. you'd put from I'm, history to win? I'm a bit more enthusiastic than Gav, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, you know, like, is it one shirt? Is it, he's still like wearing it now, like 50 years after? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think I can get in there. I had a pair of uh, Alan Ball white boots as well, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, sadly, bit the dust sometime in 1972, I believe. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, so in answer to your question, um, Matt, yeah, when you get to, get to a, a certain vintage, um, not quite there with Gab yet, but uh, tend to go and bet, get the retro ones, the ones that I've had, you know, that are too small for me to, to fit into these days. Uh, although those 90s baggy fashions mean that one from when I was a teenage is probably still okay on me. But uh, yeah, you, you can't really go wrong, can you, with the, obviously the, the, the 85 one. Although uh, the one that came after that, the old, Lineker bib, pretty controversial, so maybe not that one. There we go. Well, at least many of many of Gav's uh, family are listening. You know, it's kind of <laughs> Christmas or his birthday coming up anyway. One Everton shirt in your whole life, can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yourself, Matt? Is any particular one? I like I think it was the 2009-10 and it was just yeah. all blue. It was just all block blue. And it had like a, I think Jermaine, the season Jermaine Beckford was here. I remember him no, playing. I, I, I agree. That's probably my favourite of modern times. Just simplicity, wasn't it? Mm. And in terms of away ones, I like the yeah. 
it's probably quite fitting actually he's one of the most recent times we've won a villa the the yellow one where lukaku scored yeah at okay. villa. that was uh that was a bit different as well but um listen 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 lads we've won two <laughs> games i'm sat here talking we've about going uh, <laughs> we wait all season for this and we we don't even talk about it but Chris, I, will, I will come to you first <laughs> because you you were there in midweek. At, I had at the privilege, Villa. yes. And it, it, interesting one, really, because I think a lot of people sort of had forgotten about this game because I think when the draw <laughs> was made, it was uh, a roll your eyes. We'd just been beaten 4-0 yeah. by them. The, the team wasn't in good shape. And even James Tarkovsky was asked after, after Brentford, wasn't he? You know, you've got Luton coming up next. And he was very much like, well, no, we've got we've got Villa yeah. in the cup. And, I mean, the players certainly didn't look like they were, they were taking it as an after-four because... For the second away game in a row, they, they put in a really accomplished performance and came away fully deserved winners. And I think similar to the, the Brentford game for me, it's it's a case where probably aside from a 10, 15, 20 minute spell in the match, Everton were, were very much the dominant force. Yeah, you, you're right there, Matt. I, mean, I remember on, on the uh, the last round, my birthday actually, nearly Everton nearly spoiled my birthday at, um, at, Don, at Doncaster. But obviously after they turned that round, so they just squeeze through to the third round and then any sort of good feeling or relief from that was quickly tempered by in a way draw at, at Villa as like you said who just days earlier I think about 10 days earlier had battered Everton 4-0 at Villa Park but the simple thing was on Wednesday from before kickoff Everton wanted this more than Villa both on and off the pitch um, great travelling support from the Evertonians both both ends uh, both tiers sorry behind the goal and the players were on it from the start. Uh, Villa got booed off at half time, but that that you know that's not because you know because they were, were rotten. Everton made them look rotten. You know Everton were pressing them high up, up the pitch, and they were on it from the first minute really. And yeah, richly deserved. I mean, in the end, the two-one scoreline um, didn't sort of do justice to just how dominant Everton were on Wednesday night. And it would have been an absolute travesty if Villa had equalised. Was a bit of a rally, obviously, after they pulled one back. With a deflected goal, but yeah, Everton should have been really more than one nil up at half time, and that's always your concern when it is only one. But yeah, I mean, it was another really highly accomplished uh, uh, away display, and uh, as Gav might be able to point out in a moment, and uh, a, a much away, a long awaited uh, second away win against Premier League opposition on the trot, it's been quite a while. There we go. I mean. Chris has set you up there, Garth. I'm sure you've got <laughs> reams and reams of stats. I was going to question you about. So go, go on, give us all I, the I'm going to finish that like I normally finish on Saturday morning. Chris, when was that? Was that 2017? Was it something I can't remember? You can't remember was, what you put now. 2014 under Roberto Martinez. Yeah, that, was, that, that was last in the same week. Yeah, okay. I think it was, was it 2017 last time you won two? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I think you've got to look at both games in. Together, haven't you, really? Because I know people were saying, oh, Villa had a weakened team out. We had a couple of players who, who were benched. And and that argument would only hold true if, say, we got beat 3-0 at Brentford. But the fact that we performed well at Brentford as well shows you that it wasn't a, wasn't necessarily down to Villa, you know, fielding a, a slightly weakened team. It was, it was down to the fact that we took the good principles from Brentford and, and, and took them into... Um, to Wednesday and, and I, but as you say the overall the overall like sort of theory is true is we've really in the last five or six years put together two good away performances mm. on the spin they tend to be pretty sporadic and um, I, I I was really pleased 
but both both the both performances really. And I mean, particularly Brentford, where we are to give them a sniff until apart from the fifteen minutes before half time and the first half on 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 Wednesday, particularly. It was always going to change, wasn't it? Once you went tune a lot after the break, the game was always going to change, wasn't it? We were always going to change a little bit. And I think we sat back a little bit more. But yeah, I was I really I was really made up in in uh, in, in 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 both performances really, and it gives us something to take into the tomorrow, doesn't it? Yeah, and we'll come out to talk about that because suddenly there are some good headaches, aren't there, for the manager, yeah. which I think are going to be really interesting. But but sort of zoning in on on particular areas of the pitch, Crystal, I think worked excellently on on Wednesday, and I think it's hard not to start with the midfield duo, obviously. James Garner um, and Amadou Anana were, were the midfield too. And I appreciate it was a, a different system that they, they started you know, on Wednesday night. But when I saw that, I immediately fought back to the Doncaster game where they both played in the same positions. And they both looked a little lost about Adrissa Gay in there next to them. Um, but it couldn't have been any different, I think, on on Wednesday. They were both combative. They were both assured. They combined really well for, for the opening goal as well. And I, I know... Particularly Inara has been the subject of some criticism at the start of the campaign. Some people questioning him. Garner's always been a, a good player who always feels like he can take that next step. But it was just lovely to see two young, talented players combining so well in that area of the pitch for Everton. And it it does give you some hope for, for the future going forward that that can be a, a real positive part of the team. Yeah, definitely. And I think young being the operative word there, Mans, because like you said, we've been... Concern for a long time, it's been a question put to Deitch. I mean, when we're talking about the potential of playing two up front, I mean, the, the flip side is that is if you've only got two in central midfield. And that's been the concern, is it? If we get overrun in the centre of the park there, and there's only two bodies in there. But I guess if you are going to go with two in the middle, and despite, they like said, those those teething problems at, at Doncaster, um, it would be an honour and gone because they're the, the two most youthful ones, most energetic. Most in the tank there, getting up and down. And, yeah, it was very interesting without Adrissa Gay there. I thought Amadou Anana on this occasion showed a lot more uh, maturity in his play. And, obviously, like you say, he set up um, Garner for the for the opening goal. And got to credit uh, Arnott Jan, Dan Juma as well for his improvised header and all of that. I mean, that was, that was an impressive little bit of play there. But, yeah, the pair of them. I mean, Garner was almost playing... Like a, a central midfielder out wide, going back to, to, to Saturday um, at, at Brentford, and um, you know that was a huge call from Dyche. Could have backfired it. You know, initially it looked like it was quite a negative step to drop Dan Juma and, and put him in, but you know it was vindicated with the, the role he played in the opening goal there. And then we'll see um, using that central midfield tenacity to win it back and set Calvert Lewin up for, for his goal there. So yeah, he sort of took on. What he'd done at Brentford on Saturday, he took that into Wednesday night's game, and he's what he's, he's already said to myself after the last trip to Villa Park. You know, it was an opportunity there. I asked him what his favourite position was there, and then because he'd been playing out wide, and you know, it was the perfect opportunity for someone to go, oh, I'll play wherever the gaffer wants me. But you know, he said, you know, I do prefer to play in the middle. So he'd be delighted to be in there and get his, his first goal for the club. And I mean, what a lovely. Two-footed uh, finish it was, you know, controlling it on his right and then firing it in with, with his left. And yeah, he was picked up a booking actually later on, but he was tenacious all night. And yeah, it was uh, very encouraging to see. Yeah, it feels to me, Gav, as though we've seen a bit of a different side to James Garner, certainly in the last couple of games. And 
in terms of that aggression off the ball and being able to to go and win it. Obviously, he does that for the third goal of Brentford, which which clinches it on Saturday. But I think on Wednesday in particular, it felt like he he had a lot more freedom just to just go hunting for the ball, and he was he was in there so often to to get the ball back off Villa's players. He was he was putting himself into tackles, and he, he just looks to me maybe like a player that is starting to get a lot more confident in his own physicality and his, his own durability again after so long out. And we, we when we talk about James Garner, it's always about his ability on the ball and composure and, and you know, how he can pick a pass. But he seems to be adding that physical side to his game as well. Yeah, that's what happens when you play players in the right positions, though, doesn't it, really? If you've you, you stuck out on the white, the white, white ring, the right wing. <laughs> yeah, um... If you stuck out on the right wing, you're not going to show show the best of yourself, are you? Really, and playing with centre mid, he it enables him to to flourish. I think I think the difference with the Doncaster game was, I think Doncaster we played like four four two or something like that. I don't think we played three at the back, did we? And um, when when you play three at the back, if you two central midfielders, the role is different than if you just play two central defenders. You can you can hunt the ball a bit more because got security of an extra defender right behind you. And I think like I think the secret of their performance on Wednesday was the fact that they had that extra security in the middle behind them, which meant you could you could you could push forward a little bit more than normal. And you could, you know, you could hunt for the ball a bit more freely. And I think that was uh, that was the difference of the Doncaster game. And and for those two players with their strengths is that that's ideal because you don't you don't have to play a number six which is what we're short of, and I think that so the tactical setup helped, and I think just by playing them in in, in the in the right position, I really like Garner. I said on, you know, there's never a bad time to quote that ego Saki, and I was saying on Wednesday that the great man once said about you know the importance of players you know know how to play football as he called it, and I think more so on Wednesday. I think Garner knows how to play football in terms of his use of the ball, his positioning within the team and, and giving himself to the team and stuff like that. He, um, I think he, he's got a great understanding of that, which is not many Everton players over the last five to ten years have, to be honest with you. I count them on the fingers of one hand. I think Gareth Barry would be there uh, for a start. Um, and, you know, that's what I was really impressed in the first half by him. With that, about the way he used the ball, as I say, where he positioned himself on the pitch. And I think if he, you know, for me, you, you can't drop him, can you? you, you you've got, to, you've always got to play him in centre mid because he offers you something that I don't think that neither an Arna, Garner guy or the Corey offer yet. And um, and therefore he, he has to play for me. I've heard discussions this week about well, drop him and do the three work and stuff. Now he's, he's got to play. Because for me, he knows how to play football, and 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 he scored goals. I mean, if you think, set up me. How many times? I mean, we saw it on Wednesday. How many times have you seen a never midfielder throw, uh, cut through a pass like he did for um, Calvert Lewin yeah. on Saturday over the last couple of years? Not many. After having won the ball, and um, so that ability with the ball is, is vital for somebody in the midfield, and because none of the other three have got it. So yeah, excellent top marks for him on Wednesday, and I think uh, hopefully it'll be a fixture for us for the um, for the long term. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, seems to really stepped it up, certainly, over the last few weeks. Another player stepping it up, these is Dominic Carvert-Lewin, stepping yeah. it up in very much every sense, isn't he? His fitness, his, his output. Um, and he was feeling the love again, wasn't he, from the fans yeah. on Wednesday night after some unsavory scenes, obviously from the away end back at the start of the campaign when he went off with, with that cheek injury. But two goals in two games for him now. And listen... Touching every bit of wood I can see <laughs> around me here. Don't that um, door behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this, this feels like the most substantial comeback in inverted commas we've seen from from Carver Lewis since these injury issues became a thing. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was poetic, really, wasn't it? It was it was Villa Park for him to sort of get you know his his first start since um, since that that injury with Martinez. But that was the thing. That was the. The great frustration, wasn't it? It's not like, you know, he pulled his hamstring or anything like that. I mean, we talked about it at the time, and I think you said, Gav, maybe it's all about your sort of decision-making when to go in for those challenges and stuff. Yeah. Desperately unfortunate, though, you know, to get a facial injury, something like that, to, to, to keep you out. You know, I said it's not like a, a broken leg or another tweaked hammy or anything like that or the various other ailments he's had. So it was a bit of a different injury, but nevertheless kept him out and nevertheless... Um, produce that frustration by some of the elements of the, the Everton's fan base. And of course, nobody's going to be more frustrated than Dom himself. Possibly Dom's dad, who was obviously, he spoke about that afterwards, like, you know, any proud father would do. But yeah, it was it was lovely to to see then, you know, Dom McCallum feeling the love of the Evertonians, like you say, after getting off the mark at, at Brentford at, at the weekend and, you know, the, the lovely scenes there with the, the baby celebration, because obviously, He's he's become a father himself since the last time he you know he, he found the net um, either in open play or any any sort of um, way after scoring with a penalty at Leicester last season. But yeah, two two in two games and uh, fit and firing again. I mean, to be fair, he probably should have scored before before half time. They had that big double chance uh, when he, he got put put through. Was it Jack Harrison played him through and then. Um, Saved by Olsen, and he probably it, was, it came to him quickly, and it was a tight angle. But you know, maybe if he was a bit more sort of in the rhythm, he might have put that rebound in. But yeah, he sort of got over that, and when that chance came his way, because he still had a lot to do. Problem with that chance, he had second half. I think he had a lot of thinking time there, didn't he? And that's that's sometimes a problem. Sometimes a problem for me when we play at the pits. If it's instinctive, I'm all right. We've got too much time to think. I'm not missing it, but that's why I'm not leading the line for Everton. But yeah, um, he um, yeah he took he, he took that both those really coolly. Obviously, the one at Brentford came off the keeper, but yeah, 
two real strikers. Sort of gave Olsen the eyes, obviously, I think, going back to maybe when they were at Finch Farm together, who played a lot of time in training and uh, sort of uh, looked one way and uh, put it the other way. And, yeah, it, it was great great to see. That's all we want, isn't it? In fit and fire. And it's, and it's also really good for Deitch, the fact that he's got those options there and now you know it's not all on Dom all of a sudden it's not oh if Cavalier is not fit and um, what what did he do you know you can interchange with him and him and Beto and it's a, it's a great option for the manager to have yeah is that the one of the main encouraging things of his two goals Gav because you know when you think of Carver Lewin's time at Everton you think what a classic Carver Lewin goal is it is that Chris Beasley instinctive you know <laughs> sliding it at the back post isn't it or getting up to to win a header and one very much one touch, you know. He seems like he scores a lot of his goals for Everton in a horizontal position, mm. Carver Lewin, because he slides in. <laughs> I think one of the the reasons where you know, when he goes through on goal like that, I think instinctively in your head you have this: he's going to score, he's going to miss. And with Dom, you never you never quite convinced he's going to slot it because he's he's always tended to be a little bit hit and miss with his one on ones. But the two of them at the week, you know, at the weekend, like Chris says, I think obviously he tries to put it through the keeper's legs and it gets a, a little flick, but. Just so composed for that for that one on Wednesday, and it's not really something we've seen that much from in his in his Everton career. No, that's reflected in his goal record for us, isn't it? And and the fact that he he's he's had to rely on the hard work of others to 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 um to have attempts on goal, and and some some of it's also the fact that he's not. I think I'm not sure about his his, his own career path, but I don't think he was brought up as a striker, was he? No, he was um, playing further back when he was younger, I think. Yeah, you know, so he's not. He hasn't got the natural instincts of somebody who's been a striker all their life, and and that that shows, doesn't it? I mean, it's one of the things to criticise them for, um, among amongst other things. Um, but I thought one of the things I have criticised them for, which was good to see on 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 Wednesday, is what you're saying there, Matt, is the ability to create chances off your own bat, which is which is what he did on 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 Wednesday. He, he got to the ball. He he, he knocked it round and then, you know, ran through on goal, and that that is something that he needs to do more regularly for me to be. I, I see him described as a top striker. I don't think he's a top striker. Uh, top strikers create chances on their own. Uh, they don't need the hard work of others all the time, which he's had to in the past. But that was really encouraging to see, and it was. It was. I thought he's he's in the game and the half he's been on whatever. I thought no, whatever. I don't know. We got substitutes on Wednesday. Thought he's looked pretty sharp. But you know, he needs to to maintain that, and needs to maintain his his fitness because there's still I still think there's work he needs to do. I don't think his first touch in the box is that great, but he he's he certainly shown a lot. And even the games he played last year, shown improvements in that all round game, and perhaps wasn't there two years ago, and that, that's encouraging to see. And 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 I think the competition for places is also important. You know, if you, if you if you know somebody can take your place, even on this podcast. You know, you're, 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 it's just human nature. No, seriously, it's, it's just human nature, isn't it? You know. You've seen a few of there, Gav. You're still here. Yeah, I'll, I'll be if I'm not on a Monday and I've talked myself out of it. Gav's Seamus Coleman of uh, of the party, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. But you know, you know, what I'm saying it is. I think that's a good thing within the team at the moment, isn't it? As you've seen by our substitutes on 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 Wednesday night, is in four or five areas now. Areas we've now got options. Which you've not necessarily had, and that gives the manager more choices. But it also means that those players who, who are playing, who were in the starting eleven, have to, you know, maintain their form, don't they? Or they might they might be benched. 
And I think uh, for the centre-forward position, if you've only got one striker, it's important to have a backup striker, isn't it? Which has not necessarily been the case over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I love that goal on Wednesday. It reminded me of one uh, Richarlison scored against Brighton in his first season, where I think he just nipped, nipped in and took it past Shane Duffy. And in those situations, defenders always do this big reaction where they throw their head back and they fling their arms up in the air before they turn around and, and chase back in vain. It was, a, it was a lovely moment. And just one other player I wanted to mention before we move on to preview, Luton, uh, Chris, it was Jack Harrison's yeah. first Everton appearance. And, and based on what he said afterwards and based on what the, the manager said afterwards, it, it sounded very much like Jack Harrison convinced Sean Dice to, to get him in the side on, on Wednesday because he was very clear-minded, to quote the manager, about yeah. his fitness and being ready to play. And based on the way he played and you know how sharp he looked, uh, you'd have to say Jack Harrison was probably right about that. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine going up to Sean Dyche and demanding to, to play. I mean, wasn't there something about a young Anthony Gordon knocking on Carlo Ancelotti's door once upon a time? But yeah. yeah he, well, he wasn't seen for weeks then, was he? After that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, Jack Anderson, yeah, he said, to, he said to me there was a bit of talk, you know, he might... He might have been um, like myself at, at Burton Albion the previous uh, evening. Uh, there's actually less than 500 of us there watching that one. So that wouldn't have been much more of a, a low-key sort of following on from his, his, his um, turnout for the under-21s the previous Friday. But yeah, um, and, and he went. I mean, it was also interesting. I don't know. I go on to this. I mean, I asked him because obviously he played against Aston Villa, you know. What actually went on there in the summer before he, he, he signed for Everton? Because obviously there was... It's understood that Villa did come in and try and hijack that year, the 11th hour, and he's still rather non-committal about that. Um, says, you know, he needs to sit down. He doesn't want to speak out a turn. It's a very complicated. So, yeah, didn't, didn't quite knock that one down, but he's happy to be at Everton now. And uh, he must have been wondering what he'd let himself in for, because I think um, a week after he signed was that game at Villa, and obviously the 4-0, but sort of vindication now, coming in for his debut. And... Uh, playing a part in the victory there. Yeah, it was interesting because of the wing-backs, because Everton did a five at the back. It's a bit of a slightly different role for him and Dan Juma. They were tucked in a bit more and, uh, yeah, he, he, like, by his own admission, he's still very much shaking off the rust and it wasn't one of those where he's, like, whipping in crosses, anything like that, but more a few, like I said, clever balls, a few, like, um, nice passes like that, especially, like I mentioned, that one to Calvert-Lewin that he, he, he threaded through. But, yeah, it was an encouraging debut and like everyone, he played a, a big part in, in what was a huge away performance. Yeah, it feels to me, Gav, as though he's he's going to be comfortably our best option on that that right hand side because you know, we've tried James Garner there, did okay at Brentford, yeah. but by and large hasn't looked natural fit for it. McNeil, I think he's much better on the left. Dan Juma played there against Arsenal, didn't he? And while they're all, well, certainly while McNeil and Dan Juma are very much wide players, they feel like a left midfielder and, and a left forward. Harrison feels a lot more natural being on that right-hand side, cutting in on, on his left foot. Um, and you, you saw a few little moments, didn't you, on, on Wednesday night of how effective he can be in that, that situation. Yeah. Well, that's why we bought him, didn't we? You know, I like that ball. You see the one who played the ball for Carver-Lewin, man, Carver-Lewin. Yeah. yeah. Was that when Carver-Lewin hit the side net? Most of it was that one. Yeah. I mean, again, that's incisive passing. You know, in the final third, which he's just not had, you know, for a long time. And, and I really like I really liked him and I thought I think you say he's ideal. And just throw this question out out, out here. I was thinking about this as part of our improvements of us on Wednesday and what reason we played well is we played like three at the back. 
I'm three, four, three, or whatever you call it, five, two, three. Would, would that be something you'd be looking forward to playing in the future? Because I felt that we pressed far more coherently because we had like a sort of, as you say, compact front three, which when we played sort of four, five, one, we've not really been able to do. And I, I just felt, and we've also got the best out of passes and say, look, the thing very more, very, you know, very more comfortable in the, very more comfortable, is that a phrase? Uh, more comfortable in, in as, as, you know, what, why did I, you know, as a, as a wing back? And I'm just, I was, I was watching thinking, I think, and it, get, it sort of gets the best out of it and on and gone, and as you say, in the midfield. And I was thinking, is this something that we can work with for the future? Do we necessarily have to change this? And, and you know, you could have like a, a McNeil, Harrison, Carver, Lewin, three, and Arnold and Garner, and then a back three and Patterson and maybe Young, well, Michalenko even. And I, I really liked the setup, and I felt it really suited the way the sense of the players on Wednesday. And I thought, we can work with this in future. What do you think? I, I, I sort of mentioned this on Wednesday. Yeah. I wonder if he maybe he did that system with those players of, with January in mind, maybe, when there's no address again at the African Cup of Nations. And yeah. We're not really sure about the Corey situation and, and whether he's going to go, but he could also go, couldn't he, as well? And maybe he's, he's looking ahead and thinking, if they're not going to be in the side, how do we, we compensate for that? You know, we've, we've only got... And we've talked a lot about Andre Gomez being somebody he wants to use and, and quite likes, but he's still nowhere near fit, fit, is he? So... I just wondered if he had that in his mind on, on Wednesday. I think I, I might have a little bit of a look at that. But but in the same breath, I saw, and I, I agree, I think it worked well. I think away from home, it could be something we looked at. But certainly in games like Saturday, you, yeah. you'd want to get more attacking players on the pitch, I think, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that completely. There may be some games that you'll, you'll, you'll play it in other games when you won't. But it was encouraging to see that we have got other options available than Dice's go to 4 5 1. Really, or even for four two, and that that is employed, and I, I thought it worked really well on on Wednesday in terms of we, we just look so much more dynamic playing it. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, and those dilemmas, I suppose, do bring us on a little bit to, to Saturday, where Luton Town are the visitors to Goodison Park, and Everton, of course, still awaiting the first win, first point, first goal at Goodison this season, which is it's obviously not ideal, but uh, 
still takes some confidence into the game as well. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll come to you first because there are some selection dilemmas there. Yeah. It looks like Mikalenko might not be available. We'll have to wait and see on that. So you'd say the back four largely picks itself. Uh, but certainly in midfield and at the top end of the pitch, the manager's going to have some some big decisions to make. And let's start with the midfield then. Um, do, do you think Jack Harrison will, will play twice in a week and keep his place on that right-hand side? Or is it going to be another one like Brentford, you think, where James Garner might have to, to fill in and do a job out there? I think Jack might be the one who, who misses out. Uh, I was just thinking about this. Who, who's, I can't see them playing a back five at home to Luton Town, as, as effective as it was at Villa. I'm not too sure how that one would, would go down, but, you know, you know, Deitch could be, um, you know, stick to his guns on, on this one uh, after a positive um, result. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think um, who will go where. I, I think I'd probably like to see um, Dan Juma and McNeil as, as the two wide men, to be fair. I think that, you know, go as attacking as, as possible. Obviously, McNeil, you know, you're going to get a shift in from him as well. And he does track back a lot more. But obviously, he's top scorer last season. Um, uh, uh, you know, seven goals, albeit, you know, a low total. But, you know, it was a very good return for him and uh, plenty of assists as well. And got the assist at, at Brentford on the weekend with it, the corner kick. So, yeah, I think I'd try and have, have those, see those two in in the in the on the wing so does that mean that surely like gaff said um james garner's got to continue in the center of midfield so that's where the, the the real um issue is i mean i suppose it could be the um the core and address suddenly fighting for a shirt there because um he's not going to be able to fit, fit everyone in in that respect and given that you know it is a sort of game where everton expects us to be on the front foot i wonder if it would be the core maybe gets a nod and uh you know address the guy who's sort of been a mainstay ever since he came back to the club he, he might be the man who misses out yeah gav same same question to you really nodding along there would, would you would you go along with that because i think garner gay is a funny one isn't he because sometimes you know even his performance last saturday polarized opinion because he gave the ball away in daft positions twice but yeah. a couple of really good passes and then if you look at his, his underlying numbers he wins the ball back loads his pass completions good so He's a he's a he's a divisive sort of player, but would would you go along with that? What B said there for this game, whatever yeah. should be on the front foot. I think he's got a pick to call, hasn't he? He's got seven goals in sixteen Premier League games, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a look last night. His first first um, seventy four Premier League games for Everton, four goals last sixteen seven. You know, I know he's play, played a slightly different role, but he's uh, he's a real threat, isn't he? And I think you'd have to play to Corey, and I'd I'd, I'd put Garner again on the bench tomorrow for the for this game. Out wide, I think you've got to play McNeil, haven't you? We just look. I mean, a bit like I didn't do the Brentford podcast, but we just look. We look so much better balanced, don't we? When McNeil's on the pitch, he had so much more balance to the team. You look and encouraging. You look far fitter against Brentford than what he did against Arsenal, which, to be fair, wasn't hard. Um, I think you'd have to get McNeil on the pitch as well. And then it's it's really the um, Harrison or Dan Juma. I, I suspect if Harrison had a game on Wednesday, he might play Dan Juma. But you know, twice in a week when he's just come back, may not be the uh, the best. So, yeah, I think Dan Juma with McNeil and Calvert-Lewin. Hmm. And then... Um, to call right behind and then Garner and Onana 
and then you know, the, the back four with young. I would imagine younger play left back would be that. You'd imagine so, yeah. Off, yeah, yeah. Move, yeah, yeah. The only yeah, one. So, can I just say something? I, I was going. He's played um, Pickford in both League Cup games, you know, and normally in the past the, the reserve keeper has has played. Does that show that Dice is taking this competition enormously seriously, or does it show he doesn't trust his number two, or both, <laughs> or both, or both? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a shame Joe Thomas isn't on because we all know he's best mate oh. in junior, isn't he? You know, I'm sure he would have given. Yeah, yeah. That's um, why I asked the question. You see, I knew Joe wasn't on. You see, so yeah. I thought. Yeah, I, I just think it was interesting, particularly at Doncaster. Um, I think it probably says more about. Yeah, so I think at Doncaster in particular, you know, that's one way you would play your backup keeper, isn't it? But yeah, maybe he's not too fond or, or too keen on, on Jarvis Virginia. But just just something you said there, Gav. Interestingly, I wanted to finish off on this, but Dominic Carvalhoon starts up front. You said definitely for you. Um, you know, yeah. two two starts in in four days is that not potentially a bit much for him after the good, good, much time out? Good, good, good point. Um, but he's not playing. Yeah, he played. And what did he play on Wednesday? Seventy was it? Wednesday? Yeah, seventy. Yeah, Be- better look like a fish out of water, didn't he? On Wednesday when they came on, um, I thought. Yeah, but he's not not played ninety as he though this week. What's he played ninety minutes across two games? Has he Carvalho? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. I think you know you've got you've got to test it sometimes. You can't you know put it this way. I haven't scored twice in ninety minutes play. I'd want to be playing. On, on, on Saturday, I'd be very disappointed if the manager dropped me. I'd be saying, listen, I, you know, I, if you want, want to get me match fit, you've got to play me a bit, a bit more regularly then. And I'd, I'd, I'd play Carvalhoon with Beto coming off the bench at some point, possibly. When we're, when we're three or four nil ahead. Oh, <laughs> save, save, save your predictions for the end, Gav. Would you go the same way with this, yeah. the striker situation, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think when when Calvert Lewin's got two and two, I think he's he's got two, hasn't he? Now um, it's just like I said, it's just great that he, he can interchange him. And the people have talked about. Somebody asked me earlier, is this going to be the time when you play them both together? I don't think so just yet. I don't think that's a road he'd be going down. But it's great. And after having Mope, who was like the least like for like replacement for or alternative to Calvert Lewin last season, so now having Beto there, you know the the way that you know you can interchange between the two. It's, it's, it's um, a great um, option or stroke dilemma for the manager to have. But I think after two and two, it's got to be DCL. Right, let's do predictions then. Uh, Gav, even though Everton haven't scored more than one goal in any game under Sean Dice, you said when we're three or four nil up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Are you, you going to go for a five or a, or a six then in no, that case? Maybe nah. tongue-in-cheek. Um, there's that stat, isn't it? Was it? Only one of our last 18 goals have been scored at Goodison. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, and that was yeah, obviously the, the, the Corey one, obviously. The important one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, but, you know, I'll get you ready, you know, last season, five at Brighton to it, Leicester to it, two somewhere else, was it? Um, three, three at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, three at the weekend, I had two at Doncaster, two at Sheffield United. Two at Chelsea. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's um, one, one in it. I think it's one in eighteen. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm going to go three and eleven tomorrow. 
Is, is Connor not on, by the way, because he's spending his millions of quid? He won on his 3-1 bet last week, by the way. You, you should have seen how yeah, I asked him what the lottery numbers were after that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, very, he was very smug in the office, I'll tell you. He was very yeah. smug. Yeah, I texted yeah, no. him all about the lottery numbers, you know. Um, yeah, yeah no, I think a, a good game to keep the momentum. We know Luton have struggled, but we've got to, you know, carry on the good good work and application that was shown in the last couple of couple of games. Also, it would be a completely different atmosphere tomorrow than what has been previously at home for a, for a long time. And I think that will also lift the players. You'll notice the game tomorrow straight away when you get to the ground tomorrow, I think. I yeah. think you'll notice a completely different atmosphere, and that's what I'm really looking forward to for the change. So 3 0 to Everton, no problem. Chris, how about you? No problem, says Gav. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a week it's been. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, as Gav, as Gav said, we're fortunate now that we're not talking about this. If, if Everton was still having to go into this fixture looking for the first Premier League win of the season, it would have been, you know, would have been awful, really. You know, to cut the tension with a knife. But thankfully, it's not. It's two morale-boosting victories, two really impressive displays on the road. Not quite as emphatic as Gav, but. Um, same sort of um, idea. Um, I'm going to say 2 11. Okay. I, I, I think Luton will really fancy this, but I still think we'll win. But I don't think it's going to be a swashbuckling 6 0, <laughs> like I've said. I reckon. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. I think I think a one nil. I think a, a scrappy Ooh. one nil, and I'll be made up with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be out all night if we beat Luton one nil. Tell you now. Um, so there we go. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, on what you think the game is going to go like at the weekend. Uh, who plays right mid? Who plays centre mid? Who plays up front? All that kind of thing in the comments on YouTube. We'll be back on Monday to reflect on what will hopefully be three wins in a week. Wow, how <laughs> things change, eh? That'll be absolutely magical. Uh, and do make sure you stick across the Echo website for all coverage during uh, and after the game at the weekend. That has been your Royal Blue podcast. We'll catch it again very soon. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.